What is up, Irish fans? Back at it again. Thursday edition Locked On Irish Podcast coming your way. I am Greg Schaefer, your lead host. Glad to be back with you guys after a day off there. So I said, I think we're going to just kind of structure the show that way. My, me and my team, we are just Wednesdays are just a train wreck. How's your week's going? Going pretty good. I know I am wiped out, man. For some reason, I am just tired this week. I'm still I'm still flying high on my uh, two and three hours of sleep. They say that, uh, I forget, I read an article once that like X amount of billionaires or X percentage of billionaires wake up at four o'clock every morning. So I'm, I'm still waiting to, you know, fall into that percentage. Playing the odds here, you know, figure get up at four o'clock every morning and get to work on not only the content for this show, but also... You know, confident for my other stuff and and uh, actual work and get the kid ready for the day and things like that. But uh, yeah, I'm still waiting on the the cash flow to come in. In other words, so good show plan plan for you guys today. Make sure you're following us out there on Twitter at Locked On Irish on Facebook at Locked On Irish as well. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the right places wherever you guys get your podcasts. Irish with a big win tonight over Pitt. I'm telling you, I was very impressed by that win. We're going to talk about it. 80-72, very nice win. Uh, yesterday was signing day. Um, yeah, and you know, nothing. it's so different, just like we talked about on Tuesday. It's so different now with the early signing period, and it was just kind of like, all right, yep, they all signed, and no big surprises anywhere. I think a couple guys finished up signing various places, but like we talked about on Tuesday is what, four out of 150 guys of the top 150 actually hadn't committed and signed somewhere? A lot of the luster gone from actual signing day. A Big Ten coach is out. A longtime Big Ten coach is out. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about an Irish player that got signed to a contract today in the NFL. And we're also going to talk about what this class was missing. Um, you know, we got a nice class. I think it's going to be underrated at the end of the day, but we're also going to talk about what we got and kind of what was missing from this class. And over the next, to kind of round out the week here, we're obviously going to just kind of delve further into this class and uh, just see exactly what we got and kind of evaluate the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Maybe do the offense tomorrow, defense on Saturday or something like that. And then finally, to round out the show today, we're going to talk about, it looks like it's not official, but the tight end position coach has been filled. So without further ado here, let's get to chatting, chatting away. Irish with a big win, 80-72 over Pitt. Uh, got down a little bit early, down by six, but clawed back. I mean, there is not much to not like about this game. Um, you know, despite the early, uh, and like I said, early, early deficit, I mean, you know, take it with a grain of salt. You know, we came back, got a little close there toward the end of the first uh, first half, but we poured it on. And I mean, this game really wasn't close after probably about the 17 minute mark. Maybe once we went up eight in the second half, it's like we uh, we really never looked back. Uh, played very well. We had four guys in double figures tonight. Um, just a lot to be proud of out there against a quality team. They came in at 14 and eight and we looked good. We looked like the ball movement was great. I mean, I, I couldn't compliment these guys more on the ball movement, a ton of production from the bench in Jogu siding. Look out. Maybe he didn't score from the field, two points from the foul line. That's why we won right there. I mean, come on. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, spelled guys, three minutes, just what we're looking for. I swear Bray listens to this show. Good one. Not that great of a night from the field, two of 10, but still got a six points. Lashevsky looked good with 11. I mean, that right there is what you need from the bench. Almost 20 points, 19 points total from your bench. What more can you ask for? Outscored their bench 19 to seven. I mean, great, great night. Gibbs still continuing to tear it up his senior year. 21 points, eight of 13 from the field, five three-pointers. We hit 10 on the night. Not real efficient from three. Uh, we were 10 of 27, so not not crazy efficient. But we got 15 offensive rebounds tonight. Nice, you know, nice way to get some second chance points in there. Out rebounded this team. Uh, did finish with 12 turnovers. Uh, they actually had nine, which, you know, that's something we've kind of prided ourselves on this year. So I guess that's a reason for optimism is the fact that. You know, tonight we didn't have the best night handling the ball. In fact, had more turnovers than our opponent for, you know, one of the few times this season. Still came away with a dominant victory, in my opinion. And just a extremely nice win. Hub still struggling. Um, I don't know what we're going to do with him. I mean, he's not driving the lane well. He's not shooting from too well. Well, I mean, he only took one shot tonight. Um, I don't know. I There's... there's Oh, two shots. I'm sorry. Uh, two shots from two uh, inside the arc, but uh, I don't know what we're going to do with him. Um, you have to have him out there. He's too athletic. And when he's hot, oh, man, he's hot. Um, I was very impressed by the, the assist, the way he distributed the ball. Everybody distributed the ball great tonight. What did we have? We had three guys with four or more assists, um, four guys with multiple assists if you count Durham. And Jawan Durham, speaking of Jawan Durham, look who came to the party to play. 19 minutes tonight, 11 points, 5 of 5 from the field, played above the rim a little bit, went to the line some, scrapped for some rebounds, and played an extremely physical game underneath. Looked like the best big guy on the floor. And if we can get that out of him on a every other night basis, not even every night, I'm not even looking for night to night. Give me one game on and one game off. I'll freaking take it, man. And to add to that, who but who, John Mooney, you know, just 17, rolls out of bed, gets 17 points, 10 rebounds. Not his best night, 8 of 18 from the field. Did hit one from three. Uh, they did make a good point in the broadcast talking about how he's not the best three-point shooter, but if you kind of leave him open and he's able to just catch and shoot, as they said, uh, quote for quote, step into one, yeah, I mean, he he can hit. Don't leave him open. He can definitely hit. Uh, Fluger he played scrappy, but no steals tonight. Did distribute well. Like I said, the entire team distributed well. Fluger's one of them that had four assists. He got four rebounds as well. Uh, still a little bit of a turnover problem. Three of the 12 turnovers were by Fluger tonight. Only had three points. Uh, hit a uh, shot early in the game from three. Um you know, just the, the little things like that stuff we got to work on because competition is going to continue to step up. We talked about the progressive schedule that we're playing right now. It, you know, we had Wake Forest with Georgia Tech, kind of wakes a little below Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's a step up from there. Pitt's a little more of a step up. You know, this was a nice team. They come in with 14 wins. Uh, kind of a crossroads game between the two teams. And, you know, they talked about at halftime, the ACC teams, we only have three ranked, but all three of them that are ranked are in the top 10. And we're kind of sitting there that now the next team out sort of thing. Uh, defensively tonight, I don't like we gave up 72 to a not very good offensive team. We kind of we kind of got into some spots where we were having some 
I don't know, some weird possessions where we were just kind of one and done, and they'd go down and pop a three. And I thought that's what's going to keep them in it, especially I noticed early in the second half that was a problem. That was what was keeping them even within the eight at the time, was we might take a bad shot or uh, an empty possession, and they come down, pack a three, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, striking distance. And I give our guys credit for answering the bell, for answering it when it was needed. I mean, Champagne, uh, it's not Champagne, Champagne, apparently. 20 points. Uh, like I said, I didn't know too much about this team. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, he could, did come away with a double-double, but really he was the only guy that was super effective out there. I know McGowan's had uh, 15 points, hit two threes. Um, you know, I'm not, none of the guys on that team really impressed me. I mean, we definitely had the better lineup. It just looked better. I mean, past the eye test, it wasn't so much that we should be better or it's in our minds, so we believe it, we were better. No, that we were the better team tonight. I, I mean, we play that game five or six more times. I, I think we're good to go. Um, do we have Pitt again? No, that was our only meeting with Pitt this year. Um, you know, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing that, um, that we did look like that because – we are about to, you know, continue to step up in competition. Now, I know Clemson has struggled as of late, sitting there at 11 and 10. So maybe that progressive schedule wasn't quite what we thought it would be. I thought we would step up. As Clemson looked decent earlier this year. Uh, but then right after this, we got Virginia, Duke, and then I know NC's down, like way down right now. But it's, again, it's the idea of North Carolina. We have got to knock them off the court. Don't give them any life. Cole Anthony's back. Things could get a little hairy, but the game's at home, which I definitely like that. After the game, they mentioned our net right now. The net ranking is at 61, so that kind of puts us as a bubble team right now. Fifth game in a row, we scored 80 points. Who would have thought that? A Bray team, fifth game in a row with 80 points. But they did have to throw a splash up there, a depressing stat. We've had five losses by six points or less. Ew. Ew. But third win in a row, we'll take it. And as uh, Belichick says, instead of we're on to Cincinnati, we are on to Clemson on Sunday. Weird tip time, 6 p.m. All right, guys, back at it. Locked on Irish podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You know a show wouldn't be complete without without us getting to some football. Uh, Cole Luke, former Notre Dame cornerback, signs uh, a one-year contract extension with the uh, Carolina Panthers. So that's cool. I mean, obviously the new coaching staff sees something in him. Uh, they've been willing to keep him on the roster since 2017. He uh, kind of was cut, waved, cut, waved, practice squatted, kind of that sort of thing until November 8th last year. And then last season did get some time, and I think eight games from what I'm reading. Um, had a few tackles here and there, kind of contributed just spot situations. Uh, so good for Cole, sticking on the roster. Really talented guy. Um Really a talented guy. Really our number one corner there for a while. Played really nice for us. Um, uh, you know, really locked it down out there and was a really reliable player. Uh, and that's all the best you can say. I mean, he kind of led that transition of Notre Dame having some elite cornerbacks. You know, you think Kivari Russell, you think Blanton, you think you think of a guy like Cole Luke. Maybe not in the same stratosphere as those two, but yeah, you absolutely say okay. Cole Luke, you know, the, the the Kelly's had some elite, elite secondary guys. And by Cole sticking on the roster in the NFL, I mean, that just goes to show the kind of talent that we've had on the on the roster at, at Notre Dame and how just significantly it's increased since Kelly took over. 
Uh, so I wish Cole Luke the best. Hopefully he sticks on the roster throughout the year and hopefully earns himself a starting spot. Uh, let's flip out of Notre Dame just real quick, and we'll do a quick U-turn here. Uh, we'll talk about one of Notre Dame's longtime rivals, Michigan State. Mark D'Antonio out at Michigan State. While that does... I'm going to... Not to sound like somebody's grandma here and take both sides of things. I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked in the sense that I thought he was going to be out anyway because I know actually the heat was up more on him, which is this is crazy, more on him in East Lansing than it has been on Harbaugh in Ann Arbor from everything I understand from the insiders that I know. Um, I, I feel bad for D'Antonio. I like the guy, but it sounds like you know he's made a decision, stepped down. I, I feel bad for him in the sense that I wanted him to be more successful. Um, I don't, if you're a first-time listener or haven't listened that often, where the sh- uh, Lockdown Irish is recorded is about 15, 20 minutes from where D'Antonio graduated. Uh, Zanesville, always cheer for got local guys, especially being somebody that covers local high school sports. Um, even though he coaches our rival, and I don't know, just nice to see somebody different be good from time to time. So I kind of liked seeing Michigan State on the rise with a local guy as their head coach. Um, leading candidates in the house, from what I understand, uh, looks like Fickle and Narduzzi, but Narduzzi's come out and kind of doubled down on staying at Pitt. I would say Fickle would be a good candidate for that job. You know, Antonio was part of that trestle tree. I could see a guy like Fickle, kind of that next progression, that next step in his career after the setback at Ohio State, comes back to Ohio State as an assistant, goes down to Cincy, pops up, takes a kind of a step up going to Michigan State. And if he can continue his success on what Michigan State's already built, if Michigan State hasn't fallen off completely, because, um, I mean, think about it. They, they were Rose Bowl, a Rose Bowl winning team. One lost season to Notre Dame in 2013 I mean you know they they got to the playoff once looked about as good as we did but they did make it to the playoff against Alabama um solid performances by uh by a D'Antonio led team if they haven't fallen off too far if Fickle can go up there keep the energy going maybe just a little bit of new blood up there in East Lansing they might be able to keep something rolling and stay competitive um and just give another name to the Big Ten other than Ohio State. Ohio State and Wisconsin. Somebody to challenge Ohio State would be really nice to see. So let's do our hard U-turn, cut it back, doing 90 here, flip back into Notre Dame territory, and but do stay in the same lane as coaching. It does look like we touched on this a little while ago, um, that John McNulty did interview for the tight end coach slash opening, opening on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and it looks like that's pretty much a done deal, uh, per Brian Driscoll, Irish Maven, Irish breakdown on sports illustrated, just kind of has to clear through the HR process and just kind of get done with that. A la George O'Leary, nothing is official until it's official, right? Wink, wink. Um, so as soon as, you know, that's all done, we'll obviously get that confirmed. Uh, as Brian says here, he says, you know, kind of at first heard about it resume, he was kind of less than impressed. Um, and and I, it's the first thing I thought of too, and I'm not just kind of copying off Brian. I truly, truly thought this is, okay, he was the offensive coordinator at Rutgers who was brutal, just bad, nothing good about that offense, but it was a crappy situation. I mean, there's not much, I don't know what you could have done with that. Ash was a mess as a head coach. Um, the guy's got a ton of experience, especially with, uh, you know, pass catchers. And I say pass catchers, not just tight end, because a lot of his career 
You know, he started as a GA with Michigan, was wide receiver special teams, UConn, wide receivers to, to I mean, what a jump. GA at Michigan, UConn to the Jacksonville Jaguars, then to the uh, Dallas Cowboys in 03, Rutgers 04 to 08, again, quarterbacks, wide receivers, back up to the NFL, Cardinals, Bucks, Titans, uh, Chargers. He's been with Antonio Gates, so he's seen some of the best tight ends out there. I mean, He's been up to the NFL. He's been back down to college. He's done a little bit of everything. You know, he was only the OC for, what, two seasons, I believe, at Rutgers? I think it was two seasons. Let's take a look at there. It's not going to come up for me, and honestly, not that super interested. Let's see, Chris Ash's career. Oh, that's disgusting, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean... You're not going to draw much from this. The only thing I'll say, he worked his way up to being an offensive coordinator at the Power 5 level. He's not going to call plays for us. He's going to coach one position. He's been around some of the best. He's been to the NFL. He's been back down to college. He's seen some of the best. I trust a guy like this to coach that position, especially the talent we have coming in. I think he can sharpen that. Now, as far as what he can add from the offense, I mean, I didn't realize it was this bad. My goodness, 2019 one, two, three. A Power 5 team was shut out five times. Scored only one touchdown four more times, three more times. That's disgusting. Ooh, Shiano, buddy, you got your work cut out for you, my friend. Let's see, he was also there in 2018 when they won on whopping one game. Scored over 20 points one time. Yeah, well, I should just stop reading, honestly. Um, so let me go back to my original point. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, this is not an indictment on Coach McNulty. I wish him the best at Notre Dame, obviously. And I think he can do it. Um, you know, like Brian says here, you know, he's been around some of the best. He coached under Parcells, Coughlin, Wisenhunt, Shiano, Skip Holtz. Great group of guys to coach under. He's been around some of the best talent. He's going to be working with Lance Taylor, Tommy Rees, under Coach Kelly, I mean, worked with Larry Fitzgerald. You pick it, the guys worked with him. I'm not too concerned with him coming in as a position coach now if this would have been one of Kelly's wild-haired OC uh, coaching decisions. I'm not about it. The biggest thing will just come down to recruiting. Can he recruit? And with that pipeline to the NFL, I think he can. I trust this guy to recruit. I trust this guy to be able to seal the deal on, on recruits. Because I think, like I said, I'll double down on this. The talent we have coming in, I don't think he can screw it up because he does have the experience to coach this position. Again, he's not calling plays. So I trust him on this. So really what it's ultimately going to boil down to, can you recruit? So National Signing Day come and gone. And here is where we stand. Top five, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State. Yawn, yawn. Tell me if you've heard that before. Uh, this is 247 composite rankings. Uh, Notre Dame finished at 17 in the composite rankings. I think that is down one from where we talked about on Tuesday. Uh, small class, 17 commits in this class. We did have one five-star, that being Michael Mayer. Uh, a lot of our other guys did drop just a, just a hair after the All-Star games and things like that, which whatever, they're still the same guy. Still the same guys we're happy with. Uh, I alluded to it earlier in the show, kind of teased it a little bit. What was missing from this class? Well, linebacker. That was the biggest thing. We did not take a linebacker in this cycle, and honestly, it kind of pisses me off. 
Um, I'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat it one bit that I feel like we should have took a linebacker. Uh, we obviously failed in that regard. If I was giving out grades for each position group, because we have some really nice defensive linemen, we didn't take any linebackers, and we took a bunch of projects in the in the secondary, um, which may not turn into anything. Now the prior uh, Isaiah Pryor transfer was great. I mean that obviously upgraded things, but I'm talking strictly recruiting guys you have to go steal out of high school not necessarily somebody looking for something in the transfer portal and you know losing Bartleson that was kind of a suck situation um probably did hurt our overall rankings you know we got some nice players on offense especially if I was getting out grades on offense it'd probably be a high b I love some of the guys we got on offense Tyree Mayer I mean I think it's just guys that are uh, Baker I think it's just going to be guys that can contribute for um, contribute for years to come, uh, really do. I think that these guys can really be something. Even like my guy, like Carmody, on the as an offensive tackle. Uh, you know, we did have the one linebacker, uh, Jordan uh, Bortello. I don't know how I, what was I reading? I don't. Know, I'm lost. I'm sorry. We did have the one linebacker, um, but I just feel like we failed in the sense of just <sighs> that high level elite linebacker. I would have loved to have seen us being able to pull another one in with only getting one. It's just, uh, I don't know, man. I just feel like I want to, I need a tail in my life. I need a, uh, I need a Jalen Smith in my life. Like that's what I need. And I just don't feel like we got it. I just don't feel like we got that elite player that is ready to play right now. Okay. Yes. He is the number one player in Hawaii and that's served well in the past. But I just don't feel like we got that guy that we need to be able to contribute right away and just be that just thumper on the inside. Um, I feel like Kelly went with a lot of guys that, quite frankly, aren't going to be able to play right away. Even a guy like Tyree. I mean, I've talked about this before, where I just do not feel like Tyree's going to be as much of an impact as most other people think. I think he's going to be a nice player. I think he's going to turn into a... <laughs> he has the potentials through the roof. But that first year impact is kind of what I'm getting at. That's that's what I'm looking at is what is that first year impact. Now looking at the linebackers, guys like Justin Flo, uh, Noah, uh, Noah Sewell, um, Trenton Simpson. I mean, I just feel like we missed out on guys like Curtis Jacobs. Jacobs is one especially because he ended up choosing to go to Penn State. And, you know, you look at these other guys, they're from California, or they're from the Deep South, and you're like, okay, uh, you know, they're just going to kind of go, that's where these guys go. But when you see a Midwest guy or a guy out of, like, Maryland, for instance, like Jacobs is, um, man, I just feel like we should have been able to beat Penn State for that guy. You know, you look at, oh, look at Noah's chart here. Did we even, I got to believe we offered him. Yeah, but Ohio State wasn't even in on him. I'm looking at some guys that he didn't even take a visit. Doesn't look like he visited Alabama either. He was pretty much dead set on either Oregon or Georgia. I'll tell you what, Kirby Smart, that guy, he is recruiting his ass off, but the results the results better start coming because as of right now, 247's got Georgia's the number one class, four or five-star guys, 15 four-stars, I mean, this guy, he's got to come through with a title or at least an SEC title at some point. 
Speaking of a title, if you guys are looking to have a title and you've been a locked on listener of this podcast, um, I'm sure you've heard about all the great advertisers that Locked On is working with to reach sports fans. But what you may not know is Locked On Irish is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Notre Dame fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Notre Dame fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this locked-on podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. And as I've said before, Notre Dame, not just a local brand, national, worldwide brand. Hop on with this right now. So back to recruiting, just a hair here. Um, we got a work cut out for us by only taking the one linebacker. I apologize. I was not even thinking of, of him. When, man, that disappoints me because I thought I memorized this class inside and out. Man, call me out on it on Twitter for sure, especially Jordan. Hey, Portello, call me out, man. I completely forgot about you. Um, I was listening to some North Carolina recruiting news earlier, just trying to keep up on some things, you know, just trying to get, I, sometimes you almost overload yourself with this recruiting stuff, especially that was one of the reasons I stopped following it for so long. It was like, guys were coming out with their top 30. I'm like, well, that's, that's just great. And what's even better is the comments on like Twitter and stuff where these guys are getting like, Oh my God, we're in his top 30. Chill out. It's a 17 year old kid, 16 year old kid. He, he just made a poster. It's all good. I've done them. I've made those posters before. So, <laughs> all right, guys, what I want you to do, make sure you're following us out there at Locked on Irish on Twitter, on Facebook. Tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit about the offensive side of the ball. What exactly did we get in recruiting? We kind of alluded to, you know, some questions on the defensive side of the ball, but the offensive side of the ball, I think everybody's pretty happy with. And I feel like there's some really good grades out there everybody's given us on the offensive side of the ball. So why don't you tweet at us? Tell us what you think at Locked On Irish. Tell us what you think about this class. Are you happy with the offense like we are? Are you kind of in on the offense? Is there some questions that I don't even see? And the defense, do you have the same questions that we do? So we'll get to the offense tomorrow, defense Friday, and then there'll be a Saturday show this week as well. So make sure you're hitting us up on all the right places on social media iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Locked On Irish Podcast, your team every day, the number one daily podcast out there on the Locked On Podcast Network and the official Notre Dame podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. So until next time, go Irish. Go Irish.